You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. And so I respectfully, in my own opinion, I respectfully disagree with that comment because I think what it says, Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Because he loved this present world. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and following, don't love the world or anything in the world because if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's what it says. Not everybody in the Bible is a saint, as you've probably already discovered. In fact, the common theme throughout the lives of many biblical characters is the exact same. They're human, and they mess up. Only Jesus was perfect. Today, Pastor Danny will share some of the sadder details of a few of Paul's comrades. While we might not know the whole story, we can learn from the mistakes that those people made. And then we can do our best to continue to follow Jesus, especially when the road gets hard. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 with today's edition of The Living Word. Nobody else is going to live your life. I can't live your life. You can't live my life. You got it? And we all got one shot, only one shot. That's it. This life, one shot. Revelation chapter 20. Go there with me just for a minute. Revelation chapter 20. This in uh, Bible college seminaries, this section, this is called the great white throne judgment because John sees, verse 11, a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Books were opened. This is fascinating. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Other places it's called the Lamb's book of life. I want to make sure your name's in that one. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Did you get that? God's keeping records of people's lives and their deeds. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and hell gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire based on the deeds they had done as recorded in the books. God's keeping records. Jesus said in Luke 8, 17, there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says that everything is laid bare. The word really means naked before the eyes of him to whom we will give an account. He's keeping records. Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Now, 
The judgment that you do not want to find yourself at is the judgment of Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment. You don't want to find yourself there because you're headed for eternal damnation based on the deeds that God has recorded in the books. He's got the record. So he's not doing anything unjust. He says, here's what you did. Here's what you deserve. Don't want to find yourself there. Now, here's a wonderful thing. When Danny Hodges received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, 19 years old, all those deeds being recorded, all right, that record my sin, that would have sent me to the lake of fire, that would have sent me to eternal damnation, all have now been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. To Him be glory forever and ever. Hey, that's a great thing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But now, with that, and this gets a little mysterious, I'm not going to be judged based on my sin in regard to what I deserve, and that's eternal damnation. All of us deserve that. I'm not going to be eternally damned. I'm very thankful for that because I've put my trust in the blood of the Lamb. I've applied the blood to my life. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. All right? With that said, the Bible makes it clear that even though I'm not going to be eternally damned, God is still recording things about my life as a Christian. How do I know that? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5, Verse 6, therefore we are always confident and know that as long as it were home in the body, we're away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would, would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Paul said in Philippians 1, this is better by far to be with the Lord than to be here. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. For we must all... He's talking to Christians now. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is not the Revelation 20 great white throne. This is the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now here's the mystery of it. The bad that I might do as a Christian is still sin, right? It would have to be. But I'm not going to be judged in regard to things I do bad, if the blood has really been applied to my life, if I really have been born again, because Jesus paid the price for my sin. See, Christians can still fail. You don't understand that. And in my failure, I'll be judged based on my service, my life lived for the Lord. That's the judgment seat of Christ. One more verse you can put by 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, come on, hang with me now. Verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, those are representative of the good, all right? But then here's the bad. Wood, hay, or straw. His work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It'll be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he'll receive his reward. And the reward is not heaven. Listen, read on. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. 
the loss is not hell. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Just saved by the skin of your teeth, just by the blood of Christ, but no real reward except to be in heaven. Now, if you have the attitude, well, I'll just be happy to be there. You know, people that have that attitude should really, I say it every time I mention this, should examine themselves to see if they really do know the Lord. Because if you really do know the Lord, you want to please Him. You don't, know, you don't want to just get in and hear Him say, well, there it is, go, you know. You, you want to hear Him say, good job. And every person that really knows the Lord wants to please the Lord. What a gracious God we serve. Let me give you a couple more scriptures and then we'll... Listen, <laughs> my service for the Lord, my life lived before the Lord. There's not one, there's not one thing that God's not watching in, in my Christian life. In a good way, in a good way and a bad way. Uh, it, it, here, here's the deal. Matthew 10.42. Matthew 10.42. Jesus said, you can't give a cup of cold water in my name and lose your reward. Isn't that cool? I mean, you give a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus. It's recorded. And when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, He has something for you. He has reward in heaven. Just for a cup of cold water. Let me show you one of the most fascinating verses in the Bible that I discovered years ago. Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, and I'll show you the verse in just a minute. I had read this before, but I never saw it. That ever happened to you? Sometimes you read things over and over again. You never see, the, the, you never see something. All of a sudden, the light pops on, you see it. I was in Titusville, Florida years ago, early on in the ministry here, for a men's gathering with our friend Pastor Peter Lord at Park Avenue Baptist Church. And I, it was an overnight deal, a couple of days, a men's deal. I met a fellow there who's a best friend of Pastor Peter Lord, Jack Taylor. I uh, pastored in Texas for years. Jack is now with the Lord. But Jack Taylor, in one of our meetings, just shared this verse. He wasn't preaching on it, teaching on it. He just shared it in a men's group. I'd never seen it. I'd never really seen it. Ma Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. If you're not looking at it, listen carefully. Here's what it says. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. You don't get it? Listen, based on this verse, whenever I get together, family, Christian friends, and we just simply talk about the Lord, we talk about the Lord, he reaches over to one of his scribe angels and says, okay, hey, you hear that? Do you hear what they're saying? Write it down. That's what the verse is saying. You're going to stand before the Lord, and He's going to have reward just for, just for talking about Him with others. Isn't that cool? I think it's cool, Lord, whether they do or not. <laughs> it's so cool. Okay, now we get to where the rubber meets the road. How's your record? Now, in some ways, in some ways we don't know. The parable Jesus told about um, those that saw him hungry and thirsty and in prison. And then they said, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty? And he says, if you did it to one of the least of these, you did it unto me. You gave a cup of cold water in my name. You, you won't lose your reward. But you're not doing it, obviously, to get a reward. That's not the motive. How's our record going? 
If I could choose the record that I'd like to have, I would choose the Apostle Paul. I mean, you look at the record, even in our benediction here. What did he say? Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. Paul would write in Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 19, these words. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it's mine to avenge. I'll repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Listen up, wives. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head, coals of conviction. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what I want on my record? I knew where the battle really was. In the battle, Ephesians, Paul says, is not against flesh and blood. The enemy is not really your wife. The enemy is not really your husband. The enemy is not really your enemies. The enemy, you see, sometimes is me. I'm my own worst enemy sometimes because I start to fight the devil by pulling out my sword in the Garden of Gethsemane, and all I do is whack off ears. I want Paul's record. He knew what the battle was. He knew where the battle was, and he wasn't out just to get back at his enemies. He said, hey, Alexander the metal worker, he did me a great deal of harm, but the Lord's going to take care of him. My focus is not on getting back at my enemies. That's what I want on my record. He knew where the fight was. And the fight wasn't really with his wife. The fight wasn't really with his husband. The fight wasn't really with the enemies of the cross. I want that on my record. And what about his attitude? Listen, don't you want this on your record? At my first defense, as he stood before Caesar's court, no one came to my support. Everybody deserted me. He's talking about Christians. Don't raise your hand. Ever had Christians desert you? Uh-huh, don't raise your hand. Don't give me an uh-huh. Just you keep it, keep it, all right? But I know. Listen, some people have had, in their mind, a whole church desert them. Maybe it literally happened. But look at what he says. At my first defense, nobody came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. He didn't get bitter. He didn't get an attitude. That's what I want on my record. He didn't get bitter. He got better. How did he do that? But the Lord stood at my side. And he gave me strength. That's what I want on my record. Oh, God. I want, when I feel like everybody else has deserted me, when I feel like the enemy's coming against me and the Antichrist is there, you know, against my message and the message of the cross, you know, I want to pick my battles and my message and my battle. Oh, I want it said. He knew where the battle was and he knew how to respond. And even when Christians deserted him, he knew the Lord was with him. Isn't that what God said, Deuteronomy 31.6? I will never leave you and never forsake you. You don't feel me, I'm there. You don't see me, I'm there. I want that on my record. He, he, he had faith even when he didn't feel me or he didn't see me. And everybody deserted him. That's what I'm on my record. But I don't know. I don't know. That's what I want. If I had a choice, that's what I want. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Psalm 27.10. Oh, I want that on my record. You know, there's some people... <laughs> Uh, if they could go back, they'd like to have the record changed. Peter would like to have some record changed, wouldn't he? I mean, here it is recorded for all eternity in the Word of God. Oh, Lord, this is never going to happen. I will die with you. Will you really, Peter? Before the cock crows, you'll deny three times that you even know me. And even call down curses. Call down curses to try to, to try to convince them he really is not a follower of Jesus Christ. There in the Garden of Gethsemane, he pulls out his sword and whacks off Malchus's ear. That's on the record. 
for all time. And Jesus said, Peter, put your sword away. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. But listen, there's some great ones that love to go back and have the record changed. Abraham, that whole issue with Hagar, whoo, he liked to go back and change that. Still with us today, the results of that. Hey, Noah, Noah, after the flood, comes back off the ark. Bible says he planted a vineyard after he builds an altar to the Lord. Builds an altar to the Lord, plants a vineyard, and then gets some grapes from the vineyard, makes some wine, and then goes and gets drunk and does something only a drunk person would do after that, and I won't even go into that. No, I'd like to go back and have that record changed. But it's done. Nothing can do. Done. Moses, that whole issue with killing the Egyptian, he'd like to go back and change that, but he can't. You got one shot. One shot. This life. Let me close this way. There are two people in our story in the benediction that have a final message for us and an invitation to us. They're both deserters. The first is named Demas. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Here's my question about Demas. Was he really saved? Only God knows for sure. Only God knows for sure. I love R. Kent Hughes. I love his commentaries. Tremendous man of God, tremendous uh, commentator, and really helpful to guys like me and Christians. But I read his commentary here in this section on 2 Timothy, especially about Demas. Let me read you what he says. There's no suggestion here that Demas became a heretic or apostate. And then he quotes Calvin. Calvin writes, But we're not to suppose that he completely denied Christ and gave himself over again to ungodliness or the allurements of the world, but only that he cared more for his own convenience and safety than for the life of Paul. He could not stay with Paul without involving himself in many troubles and vexations and a real risk to his life. He was exposed to many reproaches. He was laid open to many insults. He was forced to give up caring for his own concerns. And in the circumstances, he was overcome by his dislike for the cross and decided to look to his own interest. Then he continues the commentary. Demas had no intention of quitting his Christianity. In fact, there was a healthy body of believers in Thessalonica, and that is where he went. And the impression for you, you get from that comment is that he went to the church in Thessalonica, but that's not what I read. And so I respectfully, in my own opinion, I respectfully disagree with that comment because I think what it says, Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Because he loved this present world. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and following, don't love the world or anything in the world, because if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's what it says. Here's what John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John 2, I'm sorry, that was 15, but down in verse 19. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Then he adds in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin. The Greek implies a continual habitual lifestyle. 
because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Now, here's get the point. Demas has forsaken me because he loved this world. Only God knows if Demas was truly saved, but here's the deal, and, and the Scripture bears it out. I just read one verse that proves it, 1 John chapter 3. If you're the real deal, you can walk away. You can step out of the will of God. Listen, you can be the real deal, and you can be like Peter, and you can even deny that you even are a Christian, even trying to talk like the world again, cursing like you used to, and just to try to prove the point so you don't have to suffer that you don't really know the Lord. But even though Peter denied knowing the Lord, even began to curse, it wasn't true that he didn't know the Lord. He did know the Lord. And after he denied three times, cock crowed, and the Bible tells us Jesus turned and looked straight at him. And you know what Peter did? Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Because he knew how he had failed his Lord. He knew how he had displeased the Lord. He knew his failure. And because he really had a relationship with the Lord, he couldn't go on living out of the will of God. Couldn't do it. Neither can you. No, if you're the real deal, you can't go back to the old life and stay there. And that's what our last deserter the second deserter in our benediction proves, get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. John Mark. It was at John Mark's house, his mother that he lived with, where they went and prayed for Peter when he was in prison. John Mark was invited and went on the first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas. But God recorded for us about Mark Acts chapter 13, that in Pamphylia, on that missionary journey, John Mark deserted. He went back home. Doesn't tell us why, but he stepped out of the will of God. That's clear. Acts chapter 15, they're getting ready to go on the second missionary journey. You might know the story. Paul and Barnabas have such a sharp disagreement because Barnabas wanted to take John Mark on the second missionary journey. Paul says, no, he deserted us on the first one. He's not coming. They had such a sharp disagreement, they parted company, and the Holy Spirit then follows the ministry of Paul, which tells me, at least at that point, it wasn't right to take John Mark. It wasn't right to restore him to that ministry. But over time, not only was the relationship between John Mark and Paul healed, Paul saw that he truly had repented, that he had repented of his failure, and now, now years later, he says, get Mark. Bring him with you. Not only was John Mark restored in ministry with the Apostle Paul, John Mark would ultimately be used of God to pen the fourth of our four Gospels, the Gospel according to Mark. Isn't that tremendous? You see, my God's a restorer. He's a restorer. He restored Peter. Look at King David. Oh, he doesn't like it on the record, but it's on the record. We know about his failure that night as he went out on his balcony and he saw Bathsheba. We know about the one-night stand. We know about her becoming pregnant. We know about David conspiring and ending up having Uriah the Hittite, her husband, killed on the battlefield and then taking Bathsheba to be his wife. We know about all that. But we also know Psalm 51, David, because he couldn't live with himself. 
He talks about all his life being affected. His emotions were affected. His physical health was affected. He lost the joy of his salvation. And as he writes, confessing his sin to God, he says, Lord, among other things, restore now me to the joy of thy salvation. And God restored him. He's a restorer. You've been listening to another edition of The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. The Living Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Petersburg, Florida. We're so glad that you took the time today to learn more from the book of 2 Timothy. The Apostle Paul wrote some very wise words and advice to Timothy, encouraging him to keep pressing on to a greater goal than the things even in this world. This is a timely word for you today. Don't get stuck in a rut of worries or allow the world to squash your hopes down in despair. Keep pushing forward towards a goal and a prize that Jesus wants to gift to you. If you enjoyed hearing from Pastor Danny today and would like to listen to other teachings, feel free to visit our teaching archive at ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab. If you don't yet have a church to call home, we would love to have you join us. Calvary Chapel Fellowship meets on Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. Feel free to come just as you are. If you're unable to be with us in person, you're always welcome to join us in our live stream services. Find the link to that as well as our YouTube channel on our website. Once again, that's ccfstpete.church. Well, that's it for today, but thanks for tuning in with Pastor Danny to learn more from the book of 2 Timothy as we dive into The Living Word.